Welcome to Creature Crunch, the podcast where we take a monster um, and we shoot it eight times in self-defense. My name is Matt. And I'm Chris. And today, as promised, it was my pick, um, and I chose Monster as, uh, as the movie that we are going to cover. Uh, so... Yeah, that's the, uh, the uh, anime about the, uh, the doctor who saves the life of a kid, and the kid grows up to be a serial killer. And it's like a, a treatise on like where responsibility ends for life and whether there's actually good and evil in the world. Oh no! <laughs> we're we're going to be talking about some severely different monsters. <laughs> um, no, of course I watched the correct monster. Yeah, it'd be weird not to write, watch the correct monster. I know, right? There's... It's not like that is a title that's totally going to shoot our SEO in the foot or anything. <laughs> so yeah, we uh we watched Monster. Um. What do we think? I mean, it's a good movie. It it's a fantastic movie. <laughs> it's, a good, like, it's a good movie. There's a reason it was given so many acclades. Yeah. And uh <laughs> it was a rarity in that we could actually watch this one on Netflix. I know it was so nice not to have to rent or watch it on fucking Tubi or <laughs> yeah. no, Vivo or I, something. I appreciated it. I Googled, I was like, where can I watch yeah, Monster? Yeah. I, Netflix. I knew, what? I knew that it was on Netflix because I always go through like everything and, and search it to see where some of our other movies were. Mm-hmm. And when I was looking up Love and Monsters, that came up. Oh, okay. So I was like, I so. know where I can watch this. <laughs> Good. I was very, very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it, like I'm already paying for it for my folks, so I may as well get some use out of it my own damn self. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not familiar with Monster, um, I mean, it's it's a uh... It's a movie that I mean, if you, I, I think I think everybody's at least functionally aware of this movie. At if, least if, our older audience might be. Yeah, if nothing else, you you remember uh, the poster for it. It's a very st- striking poster, right? That got you know it got shown a lot, especially a lot, a lot during the uh, the Academy Awards season and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's uh, I, that's what I had remembered. Okay. Confession time: I never saw this movie. I I had never seen it. I had seen it, but not when it came out because that it came out when I was in high school. Right, right, two thousand three. Two thousand three. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't see it. I remember seeing the poster. I remember mm-hmm. hearing the Academy Award hype over it. Yeah, I, I remember when it came out and like hearing all the hype about it, especially the the main actress's performances and stuff like that. And then I remember getting disappointed when I found out it wasn't about a like grrr monster. Right. Yeah. I, I knew it wasn't that. Um, I honestly, like, I apparently had not done any, like, of my own personal research into the plot or the history behind this mm-hmm. movie. Uh, because for the longest time, I thought it was about an abusive mother. Oh, really? Yeah, like, I thought it was going to be about a mother and a daughter relationship, and the mother was, like, legitimately really abusive, and hence, monster. Yeah. And that's, I am swear that's what I thought it was. Um, yeah. I'm glad it wasn't that, because that would have been a lot more triggering. <laughs> That would have been a depressing movie, and I hope we don't have to watch one like that. Yeah, and um, this one is like I mean, this one can be very triggering. There's definitely stuff in it. Like, yeah, it, it's a heavy movie, but it, it is. But it's also a very realistic movie. Yeah, but we'll, well, I mean, I mean, it's based off of a true story. Yep. So. Creature Crunch first, based on a true story. Yeah, yeah. I don't imagine we're going to get a lot of those. It depends on how many Amityvilles we do. <laughs> That's, I mean, probably none. But <laughs> I don't know. We could do the one with the evil lamp. But still, this is our Creature Crunch first, uh-huh. uh, but, uh, That, that yeah. we know of, anyway. <laughs> Some of those other ones may have been based off of something. We don't... I, I suppose so. I mean, Alien could have happened. 
<laughs> or will have could happen. <laughs> will, will have could have happened. Yeah. We don't um, know that. We haven't been up there yet. We are not driving space trucks. <laughs> that we know. That we know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, do recommend the movie as long as for you sure. have a, the constitution for it. I do think we need a trigger warning. Definitely for this one. Uh, there's a lot of... Like all jokey ha-has aside. Yeah. Um, no, trigger warning for... Um, sexual abuse. Thank you. Um, that's the word I was looking for. Murder. Um, I'd say it's mostly the sexual abuse. Mostly the sexual abuse because there is a pretty severe rape scene in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um Mentions of child abuse, child sexual abuse, child sexual abuse, uh, abuse towards queer people, um, so, so, like psychological racial abuse. slurs, racial slurs, the R slur, yep. um, and one scene. So yeah, so, so keep th- keep that in mind. Uh, we we like to have fun here, but we want to make sure everyone's safe. But I do recommend it. Uh, definitely spoilers, although I don't. The, it's the feel of the movie that right. you get, it's, not the spoilers. It's, it's the vibes that are yeah, going not, on. And like not the, the story. The main reason you're watching this movie is for the performances of the two main leads. Right, like right. They are. You don't. You don't watch it hoping that that Charlize Theron's character will get out in the end or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I hope she gets busted for these horrible. things. Yeah, or, especially since by whatever. the time the the movie had come out. Uh, Eileen Wuornos had already been put to death. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, this was written and directed by Patty Jenkins in her first directing role. Uh, she would, of course, go on to direct the two Wonder Woman movies and is slated to direct the upcoming Star Wars Rogue Squadron movie. Which is going to be really cool. The reason there was such a large gap in her career was not due to like disinterest or anything. Uh-huh. It was more of just Hollywood bullshit. Right. Um, but she, she pitched a lot of different ideas, including one for Thor Dark World. That would have been so much better than what we ended up getting. Right? Like, like that's a shame. That is a real shame. It, that is the most forgettable of the Marvel movies. The movie is based on the real-life story of Eileen Warnos, who's played by Charlize Theron in the movie, of course. Mm-hmm. And if you're unfamiliar, Eileen was convicted of killing a total of seven of her clients. Well, I guess she was technically convicted of six of the murders, but she did kill seven clients. Uh, she was a highway prostitute, and uh, all of which she like she claimed were in self-defense from um, being raped or threatened to being raped. Mm-hmm. And as far as I can tell from the research... The movie is pretty damn accurate to these real-life events, at, at least compared to other many right. other true story movies. Um, I mean, there were a lot of details that obviously they just straight-up ignored. Uh, apparently, the real Eileen was... Got, she'd gotten married, um, mm-hmm. and her brother died of leukemia, and so she got, like, a $10,000 life insurance yeah. payout. Um, but, like, for the most part, at least the events it depicted in the movie... Relatively accurate. I, I think there's another thing, a few other things I'll, I'll probably mention in the in the coverage of the movie. But and uh, part of this is because Eileen, the real Eileen, supplied uh, the director Jenkins um, hundreds of letters that she had written in order to gain insight into her life, mm-hmm. um, which was like I gather was kind of unique because uh, Wernos was kind of she was reclusive, pretty, pretty reclusive after she got arrested. Yeah. Yep. Um, of course, Charlize Theron won the Academy Award for her portrayal of Eileen, which Very interestingly... Very well deserved. Yeah, which is, interestingly enough, uh, the Academy Award was given out on February 29th, 2004, which is the real Eileen's birthday. Uh-huh. So. Um, the movie starts with kind of a, a voiceover from um, from Lee, as I will henceforth be referring her to, to her. She refers I mean, to herself in the movie, so... Yeah, I mean, I don't think Eileen's name is mentioned much at all in the movie. I think it's all just Lee. Yeah, I, I think they call her Eileen in the postscript, like, when the, the on the text at the end. Right. I think that's it. 
But uh, so yeah, anytime I'm referring to the real Eileen, I'll be just referring to her as Eileen. Anytime I'm referring to the character, it's Lee. Right. There but you go. Um, but yeah, Lee's giving a narration over kind of like you know the this home movies kind of thing or sort of flashbacky thing. Yeah. Basically telling her story that she was always hoping to be rich and famous. She wanted uh, she to be really, in the movies. She wanted to be in the movies. We are also kind of told through subtext that she started she started prostituting herself out at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut to a scene of her as an adult sitting under an underpass in the rain with a gun, but she ends up going to a gay bar instead for a cheap drink. Yeah. Um, and this is where we are introduced to Selby. Um, Selby is uh, played by Christina Ricci, and she's amazing. Um, and is... I... Christina Ricci is one of my favorite actresses. She's great. I had the biggest... I, it was one of those things where, like, when I saw her in, like, the Addams Family and stuff, I couldn't decide if I wanted to date Christina Ricci or be Christina Ricci. It was very <laughs> hard for me to decide. Yeah. See, I remember, like, I remember her more from, from Casper. Oh, and, yeah. Like, she's adorable in that movie. Yeah. But but uh, Ricci is... Um, excuse me. Uh, Selby is based on Eileen's real-life girlfriend, Tyria Moore, uh, but like this portrayal is almost entirely fictitious right. because uh, Moore requested not to have her real name or likeness in the movie and refused to give out any details to the filmmakers. Yeah, yeah. So um, beyond just the main like publicated events that happen it, in real life with Moore, um, the rest of this is all pretty much right. Fictitious. It's drawn in kind of broad strokes from stuff that came up in the trial. But and that, like as a matter of public record, but her entire backstory and everything is made up whole cloth. Right, right. Um, but Selby is at a gay bar uh, and she wants to buy Lee a drink. Uh, but Lee isn't gay. Um, and vehemently not gay, as she as she. Yeah, she's pretty she's pretty adamant about that. Um, and Selby's got her arm in a cast. I don't think it's ever explained where she got that from. I like why why her arm was broken. I didn't catch got that in the movie. Hurt. Like, she was supposed to start a job, and she got hurt, like, on the way to the job or something. I I didn't catch it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it ever actually says why she got hurt. Or if it did, I totally missed it. Yeah. But Selby is okay with this. Uh, Selby's okay with Lee not being gay. She just wants to be friends. She just wants someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. And they be friends. Like, they they hit it off, like, immediately after that. Yeah, they, they drink all night, get real drunk, um... And, and they get kicked out of the bar in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get kicked out. Uh, and Selby offers Lee her place to stay the night or the rest of the mm-hmm. night, that, what it is. Um, like, I I had a hard time believing that Selby was old enough to drink just because Christina Ricci <laughs> perpetually looks like she's around 18. Right. But Yeah, no, I, I feel you on that. I, I definitely had I, that I think thought. she's actually, like, the same age I am or maybe a little older at this point, but... She's she looks super young. Of course, this yeah. is also in two thousand three. Well, I, I but... know, but still. <laughs> when she, but still, but uh, yeah, they, they end up staying the night and hit, again hitting it off and uh, we get more narration and Lee is considering switching teams for Shelby. Yep. Um, <laughs> even though it's a so far Selby seems to well Selby says that it, well she wants to be a, a platonic relationship, but then she you know, she asks if she can touch Lee's face. She right. She tells her how pretty she is, but Lee is like seriously starting to consider it. And Lee kind of determines that Selby might be a different reason to live. Yeah. Or a, a new, she's got a new lease on life. 
Is this where she gives the the monologue about the five dollars that she had, or is that later? Yes, no, it's the five dollars. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's it's an interesting little monologue where she, she had five dollars that she got from was it her last John or was it like so- something? I don't know. From she, the last well, John she, or something. I think so. It was. It was. Um... I said, God, I got to spend this five bucks, but when it's gone, so am I. So, if you've got something for me in this life, you better bring it on. And there she was. Uh, we learn that Selby is, uh, you know, at least Selby's family is very religious. Yeah. I had a hard time pinning down what was going on, even and through context clues in all of this. But yeah. the end story, from what I gather, is that uh, Selby's parents disowned her after she was she, she came out as gay. Right. But they still want her to, they, they basically want her to not be gay anymore. They want to pray the gay away, so yeah. as it were. Yeah. And, uh, but in the meantime, she moved to Florida to stay with her aunt. But, um, but it, it took me a while to pin down what exactly was her, going her on Her situation is, like, it's not necessarily complicated, but most of it is told through either her interactions with the, her aunt's family, or in just little, like, comments that she makes to, to Lee. Yeah, and I had a I had a, the damnedest time putting it together. Right. But, um, regardless, um, Lee uh, leaves Selby. Well, Selby goes to church, but they do agree that they they want to meet again. Lee sneaks off into self to a uh, self storage place, uh, trying to dodge the rent. Uh, but the owner's pretty chill. Yeah. Um, turns like, out he is the one of the few like legitimately good people in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like he tries so hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, turns out this is Thomas, who's actually a friend of Lee. Mm-hmm. And uh, Thomas is played by Bruce Dern, yep. who is the father of Laura Dern yep. and ex-husband to Diane Ladd. I am creating a web of links. <laughs> <laughs> so. We're going to be able to play like five degrees of Creature Crunch here pretty soon. <laughs> I was very excited to find that information. Yeah, but um, and we we see like the, we we see Lee getting bathing and dressing in a bathroom in uh-huh. a gas station bathroom. Um, but she ends up going to meet with uh, Lee. She ends up going to meet with Selby at a roller rink that night. They're, she's there for with family, and they start bonding even more. Uh, mm-hmm. we, this is like I think this is when we learn that Selby was actually disowned by her parents and that she's staying right. with this her aunt. Right. This is where aunt. we get the, the majority of Selby's backstory. Right. Um, and they end up doing a couple skate and. They start kissing because, mm-hmm. like, I yeah, Lee has officially decided. Nope, I'm I'm at least bisexual now. Yep. <laughs> so um, they end up making out in the alleyway, and Lee wants to get a room, but Selby's getting a little overwhelmed. So she decides let's let's just meet up the next day and pick up where we left off. Yeah, yeah. Um, we cut to Lee working. She's uh, she's out on the on the highway. Um, she's got the strategy of hitchhiking. And then showing a picture of her kid, or a picture of kids to the driver, yeah. and like these are my kids, and yeah, I that's actually something that the real Eileen did. Mm-hmm. It was a picture of her uh, niece and nephew. Yeah, uh, like yeah, yeah, and it, she would claim them as her own, and yeah, and she would try to yeah, she would do that. I'm trying to make enough money to get there. Uh-huh. Can you help me out? Right, wink, wink. right. She decides that she wants to kind of get one more John out before meeting with Selby that night. They have another date. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy wants to drink and chat before getting down to business. And uh, as they're kind of sitting there talking and going to be getting more and more awkward, as it already is, uh, he loses his temper and hits her and kind of knocking her out and tying her up. Right. Um, 
and thusly, uh, we, we see Selby thinks she's been stood up by this. Uh, but in actuality, of course, Lee is about ready to get raped and murdered. Yeah. Um, but she does break free of him, of the bounds that he tied her in, and she shoots the ever-loving shit out of him. Yeah. Like, she puts a lot of rounds in him, which is, again, another detail that a lot of, uh, a lot of Eileen's victims had. They had a lot of bullet wounds. Right. Lee cleans herself up and leaves him out in the woods to go and see Selby. Um, and, you know, basically apologize for standing her up. Mm -hmm. um, she makes up a, a pretty lame excuse, but she's basically trying to plead to Selby not to leave to go to Ohio with her, to her family. Uh, she just wants to give her one week. She's like, you know, give me one week. We'll party. We'll have fun. And if by the end of the week you still want to go, I'll buy you a ticket. I'll, I'll take right. you there myself if I need to. Whatever. But um, but just give me one week. And Selby, I guess, just so desperate for companionship, um, agrees. So well, desperate for companionship or just straight up in love, maybe both, uh, just agrees. It, like, yeah. She's incredibly desperate for companionship because mm -hmm. she's completely alone from her family. You can tell she's a little bit afraid of members of her family. and Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, she doesn't want to go back to Ohio. No. You can tell. I mean, that's not... Why Why would she? Um, but uh, it, it, I think she feels like she has, she's obligated to. Right. Because uh, there's a lot of... Um, and I, I guess that when she broke her arm, her dad ended up paying for the doctor bills. But the deal was that he, she had to go back with him. Okay, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, either way, she does decide to go ahead and stick around, and she splits with Lee in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. um, Lee and Selby go around to various bars, and uh, well, I guess specifically one bar and other places that Lee frequents. Mm -hmm. And you know, we get different cuts of like Lee cleaning the inside of this guy's car that she stole after killing him. But Lee is like, like we get this basically very fast section portion. I, know I took loose notes here, but um, Lee decides that she's gonna quit hooking. She's right. she wants to straighten herself up and get a real job and clean herself up for Selby. She's really willing to, like, she is fully in love. Yeah, which Selby is kind of struck by because she was a little attracted to the idea of being in a relationship with a prostitute. It seems like. Yeah. Well, she was definitely like. I think that's part of it, and also because Selby has no income. Right. And and even though um, Lee's, you know, the, the prostitution, doing prostitution, it's it's an income, and she's making good money with mm -hmm. it. But, yeah, she, so she's a little kind of struck, awestruck by this, but, um, but she's okay with it. She's like, you know, hey, whatever, that's mm -hmm. fine. Um, but also part of the, the concern is that, that comes up later is that... Um, her aunt is trying to convince her that because Lee is a prostitute, she basically she's just using she's right. using Selby in a different way. She's trying to get extort money out of Selby and, and leech off of her in like prostituting her without sex, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and Selby is like the, it's a growing concern for Selby as as time goes on. So, but like. Lee is just so head over heels at this point. She's riding cloud nine, but mm -hmm. she has no plan. She's got no prospects. She's just like, whatever, it's fine. We'll figure it out. I'm super happy. Um, we'll, we'll just do this. And mm -hmm. she goes to a couple job interviews, somehow gets an interview at a law firm without a resume. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> like, I, the lawyer is kind of an asshole. Well, he's a super big asshole. So I, but... I got the implication that 
he brought her in there just to deride her? I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. I I can't comment. I have no idea. I mean, this, yeah, yeah. In the real world, that we would never get to that point. No, but um, I think it is meant to. It, it's one of the scenes meant to establish that, like, people don't. The society itself does not tend to look very favorably on sex workers, right? Which is, I mean, prostitution. Even like that's that's a shame. That's work awful. Is work work is work. Work is work, and that's just it's awful. It, yeah. It's not a good thing. I mean, we and we even get that like she ends up going to like a workforce center and is like trying like to appeal to the the lady there like mm-hmm. hey woman to woman can you help me out find something and this woman is even just like no I guess she'd been picked up before so she has a record yeah and because of because she has a felony on her record she can't get anything other than the workforce member says uh, factory work and there's no available factory work right. Moment. But, yeah, things are getting pretty bad. Uh, the two are out of money. Uh, they're at a bar. Selby even mentions how hungry she is. Yeah. She's like, I'm starving here. Um, interestingly enough, the scenes in the bar are actually filmed at The Last Resort, which is the real-world bar where Eileen frequented and right. was arrested at. Yeah, yeah. And the bartender in the scene is the owner of said bar. Yeah, and I guess he used the fact that uh, Eileen was frequented there and was picked up there as like a marketing thing at one yes. point yes he did and he, he put up a sign above the bar saying like cold drinks and killer women or right, something like which that which is so kind of tasteless <laughs> it's incredibly tasteless but um i don't know to... <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it is it's just weird that like he was in this at all and like uh-huh I, no, I well no he, he's clearly a man who's he's a man who's clearly like I don't give a shit. Give me money. Right. right. <laughs> he he very is very... Which I can... Yeah. I can get behind. It's just... I don't know. It's weird. It just feels it is. weird. It, it is weird. <laughs> it does feel weird. It's like, where are your scruples? Oh, yeah. America drove them into the ground as it yeah. does to all of us. Never yeah. mind. You know what? It's weird. But uh, whatever. But uh, but yeah, we get... Like, Lee ends up getting picked up by a, poli- uh, by a cop. He, and he has uh-huh. a history with her as far as arresting her. Uh, he evidently went easy on her, so to speak. Yeah, you sure went easy on me. You almost broke my fucking jaw. Oh, please. Did you do time? Then he demands her to do things to him for compensation because, yeah. you know. But uh, Lee ends up finding a scrap of newspaper um, saying that the police have no leads on the murder of the man. So right. she, she suddenly, like, oh, damn, I just got away with that. Like, you know, because yeah, yeah. up until this, she was even kind of concerned, like, oh, you know, I mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, when you kill someone, I, I'd imagine if you're not well, a, it, a it complete she, sociopath, but... It was why she hadn't been doing her job after that point. Right. Like, she, for one thing, she was traumatized because of the rape. Right. And then, two, she was afraid she was going to get caught. Yeah. Um. But now that she knows that she kind of got off scot-free because they have no leads, they've got nothing right. for her... Uh, she goes back to Selby to kind of celebrate this fact, but Selby is having an absolute mental breakdown because now she's starting to realize like she's she's so hungry, she's got no money. Lee has not been able to uh-huh. give her money at all. Um, she's trying to tear her cast off with like a pocket knife. Yeah, and... she's she's freaking out because she's now convinced that her aunt was right. Lee mm-hmm. is just using her, but in desperation, Lee confesses to the murder to Selby and decides to go back to hooking. And this kind of smooths things over, like, okay, you know what? No, you are willing to do it. Right. It, it's a it's a complex... It's very complex. It's a complex relationship. Yeah, yeah. 
we get a scene where Lee's next to John wants her to call him daddy. And uh -huh. she kind of calls him out on what a weird thing that is. Why, you like to fuck your kids? What? <laughs> Shit, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. And that puts him off for a moment until she's just like, ah, I'm just joking with you. And yeah, but she, acts like she's into it. And... But she, at this point, decides, like, no, this man is scum. He needs to die. Right. So she shoots him. Which, you know what? Whatever. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I know that that's a. I, I had a lot of trouble with this because no, it's like you, kinks are right. tricky. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like you don't want to come off as too cavalier because she is just murdering people. Yeah, but it's like okay, the first guy, yeah, fuck that dude. Like right. that dude, one hundred percent deserves what he got plus a little bit. Yeah, and but this guy is just like okay, he's kind of unsavory, but. Did he deserve to die for that? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it's, it starts treading a fine line that I do not care to yeah, tread. So. I'm not I'm not smart enough. I wish I was a better, like, <laughs> queer critic for this. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. And I, I'm, just, I just... I just watch movies and make silly comments. I'm not yeah, good enough like, for this shit, like she, man. She calls him a child molester, and, and 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 if in the context of her mind, like yeah, that's justified. But if, nature, I, do, I do think she is trying to justify it to herself. Absolutely, like, absolutely. Because under normal normal circumstances, like I don't think she she would like decide this guy needed to die. No, but, but he also well at the same time he also triggers her because he says right. the same he, one of the lines he gives her is the exact same thing that the previous guy did. Right, right. So like there's multiple layers and there's, I think you're yeah. right that she is just trying to justify it to herself. But Yeah, yeah. Um but uh we cut and like she she now has money because apparently these these Johns carry just an absolute mad amount of cash around yeah. with them. Um, it was the 80s, man. Everyone did. <laughs> um, I guess the, in, in real life, of course, Eileen would not just kill them, but also pawn all of their stuff that right. she, they had. So that we don't really see in the movie, no. but whatever. And that was one of the one of the leads that they had to catch her was they had her fingerprints and DNA off of yeah. the stuff that she pawned. Yep. But uh, she narrates about um, growing up about a Ferris wheel called uh, called the Monster. Right. Which title is drop. the title drop and is, I don't know, I thought that was so... Awkwardly and loot. It's very. Loose. It's a very strange little thing. Like <laughs> it, it doesn't really amount to anything. At it, least other than that, the fact I that caught there is a Ferris wheel later in the movie. Yeah, like. but whatever. <laughs> um, but she does. She ends up lying to Selby about the second murder. She doesn't uh -huh. want to tell her what's going on. She says that she borrowed this car from a friend and from Thomas specifically. From Thomas, yeah. But. Um, and that's that's kind of where she leaves it. Um, mm -hmm. But then she and Selby both tell each other that they love each other for the first time, and then sex happens. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's shot to be not voyeuristic, really. Right. It, it's kind of tender, but at the same time, it is kind of off-putting. Like it, it's not supposed to be great to watch. Right. Well, okay. So let's let's actually touch on that really quick because. Yeah. Um, because something about this is that, uh, and this is something that unfortunately a lot of uh, Hollywood and a lot of interviewers and publications right. all latched onto, but Charlize Theron is not in what what many would consider conventionally attractive no, in this she, movie. She put on like twenty pounds, twenty to thirty pounds. Right. She shaved her eyebrows, the makeup, and like like if you look up pictures of Eileen, the real Eileen, like. They look very similar. They look very similar. They did a damn good job of yeah. representing her visually, yeah. other than she, like, Charlize Theron is, like, almost a foot taller. But, but yeah. whatever. 
but yeah, like she's not what she's not conventionally Hollywood attractive. No, no, no. And and unfortunately, a lot of places latched onto that, and Charlize Theron really got irritated with it. She's I imagine like, so. Because yeah. nobody, she was saying that after she won the Academy Award, nobody talked about her performance. They talked about that, and they she was just like about that. Her putting on twenty pounds. It's and, like yeah, yeah, which. I mean, Which is, justifiably upsetting. Yeah, I would be too. Also, her uh, one of her um, oh god, I want to say it was a financist. Yeah, it was a, a, the financier of the movie. Fin- yeah, one of them. I uh, know what he, you're talking about. He got really, really upset with uh, Charlize Theron because he thought it was going to be this super sexy lesbian crime right. drama movie. Yeah, and, like uh, Bonnie and Clyde, but lesbians. Yeah, and, and uh, when he found out that it wasn't, and you know, it was like a pretty in-depth character study. And, and really gritty and dark and not really glamorous. Yeah. Uh, he got really upset with it. And Charlize Theron apparently got really upset back. Yeah, again, just like, justifiably let that dude so. have it. Yeah, and has not spoken to him since yeah. from when I, when I was And I don't reading. think Patty Jenkins has either, yeah, from what so, I understand. Yeah, and you know what? Good yeah, for them. Yeah, good. Fuck that guy. But, um, but anyway, the so, so yeah, like... So that's kind of what, like, the sex scene. Like, there's, we get nudity in this, because, of course we do. Yeah, and, yeah. And, it, again, it's not super attractive nudity. No, the first it, time you see it, she's covered in blood. It's and, not set to be titillating. It's no. It's just like, here is a person. Yep. Which, you know what, I yeah. I appreciate this movie for. Yeah. God, it, it's really good. Like, I, it is. I love so much of this movie. The, it, it's weird, like, one of the things I really love about this movie are the needle drops. Like, the, the background music that they use in all these scenes. Yeah. And the reason it's so good is because they had one of the people from Journey as the music director. Yeah, it was um, My brain Steve Perry. Part. Steve Perry, yeah. Duh. Yeah, the, Steve Perry was a music consultant. Yeah, the, yeah. He was the front, front man for Journey. You know, now that they have money, they're going out to dinner. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Lee's getting in fights with manager of the, the restaurant <laughs> so, for smoking. Yeah. Well, it, it's because Selby is smoking. Yeah. And the the manager's like, hey, you can't smoke in here. And Lee just freaks out. And uh-huh. is like, she can smoke wherever she damn well pleases. <laughs> I found a roach in my food and it was this big. <laughs> yep. Yeah, she's she's... Getting pretty full of herself she's and just, like, much, she doesn't care. Yeah, she's much more aggressive, like, starting to become un- a little unglued, and, mm-hmm. and she was already, like, barely glued. Yeah. Um, but she she goes out, does some more, you know, jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, she ends up getting with a guy with a real bad stutter, and yeah. she's trying to bring the dirty side. Like She wants she's, she's, a reason to kill him. Yeah, she's trying to, inv- like, invoke any kind of violence or yeah. aggression out of him, but he's, he's just, like, like, super timid and shy, so she just... She gives him a handy. <laughs> yeah, she gives him a handy instead of a shooty. You know, um, that next morning, Selby wants to go out early, but Lee is just wanting to sleep in because yeah. she had a long night. So Sel goes out in her car and yeah. goes to a bar. She makes some new friends. But Lee loses her shit because she's going out in a dead man's in car. dead man's car, yeah. Of course, Selby doesn't know that. No. But, um... She, uh... Lee just goes off and is like, oh, this is my friend's car. I can't let just anybody drive it, and so on and so forth. But, of course, Lee's concerned about the car getting spotted right. and things going bad. Because, again, Lee has not told Selby what's going on. No, no. Um, we get a scene where they're driving, um, and Lee is kind of sharing her story a little bit with Selby. We get a lot of her backstory uh, and Selby ends up wrecking the car, and they're forced to abandon it, right. which actually happened. Right, right. Um, and the woman, you know, they they crash into this older couple's yard, and they see him fleeing the scene, and that's one of the big evidence that in this movie and in real life that led to the capture right. of of Eileen. They were able to do uh, composite sketches. Yep. 
And of course, now the cat's out of the bag because Lee has to explain to Selby why they need to do abandon the car, why it was such a big deal. Yeah. Um, Selby goes and meets with her aunt basically to tell her, like, I'm leaving. I'm never going back to my dad. Mm -hmm. I'm done with this. Um, we get some un unfortunate were drops in this in some scenes but well it, it's just showing like once again the hypocrisy of her yeah aunt. it's just like yeah so like her aunt drops the n-word and then immediately says that she's not racist and it's yeah. like oh but well in her mind she isn't yep. like <laughs> yeah it's it's that whole thing well i can't keep track of what these people want to call themselves and it's just like okay well yeah not that like right you know saying that word's wrong you know <laughs> you always knew yeah but yeah, we, we get another scene. Lee is, again, trying to get another John. Um, but she, again, and again, she's trying to justify a reason to kill him. But right. she doesn't find anything other than the fact that he had a gun in her in his car. And uh -huh. when she decides, you know, this isn't going to happen, she's like, no, he's going to kill me if I don't do kill him. Yeah, yeah. So she ends up killing him. She, and then Well, she leads him off into the woods. Mm -hmm. And he's like super pissed. He's like, oh, what are we doing? Going on a hike? And she's... She tells him about, like, everything that happened to her, and he is starting to get freaked out. And... Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so she shoots him, and then she's going through his stuff, and turns out he's, he's a cop. He's a cop. Yep. Uh, again, an actual event that happened. Right. She she did a kill, a, kill a, a, a police officer, and when she discovers this, she she's like, oh, crap, this is really, really yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. We see that uh, after a certain amount of time... Um, her actions have officially hit the news and the, the detectives are officially on her trail. Yeah. Uh, they're putting, you know, putting these pieces together. Um, the net is closing. Yep. Um, we get a scene and, and it seems, and with, of course, with every kill she does, it's less justified every time. And then finally we get a scene where she picks a guy up and, and she's doing her usual, like, these are my kids. Let's, and she's thing. completely drunk at this point. Yeah, like, she's and, barely getting words out. And he is, like, legitimately interested in helping her. He's like, no, 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 yeah. I don't I don't know what you're alluding to. I'm going to help you get to your kids. Yeah. And she decides, like, no, I need to get out of here. She, she freaks out, makes him pull over, and she's trying to get out of the car, and he spots her gun. Mm -hmm. And so she has to kill him. And uh, evidently the actor, um, I, I didn't notate his name, but... The actor almost didn't take this role because to him it invoked a lot of his own personal, like, uh -huh. it triggered him yeah, just acting yeah. in the scene. Because I it's, guess he, he turned the role down, like, two or three times before accepting mm -hmm. it. And yeah, I mean, but it, it's it's a heavy scene. It, like, it, it's, it's hard to watch. It really is. I yeah. can see why it was so triggering to him because yeah. he's pleading and, you know, my wife and my kids. And she ends up shooting him because yeah. she's so far over the edge at this point. Um... At this point, though, uh, the, the police are getting closer. Selby is freaking out now because she knows that things... Yeah, like you were saying, that it's tightening. Yeah. Um, so Lee finds finally honors her agreement and buys her a ticket to Ohio. She's like, get Sel out of here. It, it's one of those scenes where you think that they're going to renege on the deal like at the last moment. And they're not going to... She's not actually going to go and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But she does. Right, because she, because Selby sees the police artist sketches on TV that the, yeah. uh, the old couple supplied. And she's like, crap, they're not just looking for you, they're looking for me. Yeah. So in order to save Selby, like, get the hell out of here. Um, Lee ends up ditching the gun in the river, mm -hmm. trying to, like, I'm done with this. Um, and we get a, a parallel of her under the underpass again. Uh, and then back at that bar getting drunk. 
uh, you, we get Thomas shows up and he's trying to also get Lee out. Uh, but well, first, like she's she like alludes to the fact that she's done things that are unforgivable and stuff like that. And but she just wants Selby to be safe and stuff like that. Yeah. And and Thomas is like, because Thomas is is a Vietnam vet. Yeah. And he says like, no, you you didn't do anything that's unforgivable. Like we, we're all we all did that. Like everyone who was over there did that. So I know exactly where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And just, just like the most understanding person under the sun at this point. Right. He's a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> and and then at the end, like when she's she's super drunk and she wants to stay at the bar because that way she can call Selby if she needs to. And he and Thomas tells her, like, okay, you, you're gonna go over that fence right now. I'll pull around with my car and we're leaving. Cause he knows that the cops are on their way. Yeah. And she just keeps refusing him, and he's just like, "Yeah, no, okay, she fine. she wants to stick around so that she can call Sel when Sel yeah. gets to Ohio." But sure enough, the, the police arrest her. There were yeah. two undercover cops, um, again, and based off of the actual event, two undercover cops actually arrested her at that bar. Yeah, they were known as Bucket and Drums. All right, <laughs> I had to notate that Bucket and Drums. That was Bucket and Drums were their undercover names. <laughs> Weren't those two of Piccolo's henchmen in the original Dragon Ball? <laughs> Yes, yes, they were. <laughs> they, I, that's these these two cops were actual Dragon Ball Z fans or yeah. original Dragon Ball fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one of them was a pterodactyl man. <laughs> Although I did, I did miss the episode where Piccolo puked up a, a kid and was like, "Yeah, hey, you're just bucket." <laughs> anyway. <laughs> What it wasn't it was what he like. he, he just got drunk. He's just like, okay, I got drum. What's another percussion instrument? All right, a, you can play music on a bucket. <laughs> Your bucket. <laughs> In the movie itself, one of these undercover cops is uh, played by Kane Hodder. Oh, really? Who, who's a stuntman known yeah. for playing Jason Voorhees in a lot of the later Friday the Thirteenth movies. I did not know that was him. Yep. I don't know if he's bucket or drums, but. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, Hope he's bucket. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Mr. Bucket, <laughs> balls pop out of my mouth. Mr. Bucket, oh my God. <laughs> Arresting Charlie Sarans, what I'm about, Mr. Bucket. Wow. So that's Piccolo, King Piccolo's offspring. Bucket is actually so Mr. Mr. Bucket. bucket. Who's played by... By Kane Hodder, yes. Kane Hodder. <laughs> who's, who's actually Jason Voorhees. <laughs> As he takes Manhattan. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Lee calls Cell from prison. Um, Selby's freaking out. Um, and we find out that Cell is trying to get Lee to confess over the phone. Lee's kind of getting clued into this because she's asking weird questions. Right. And then Cell... Um, the the two of them ask like Lee asks like where's the money and Sel's like what money, what are you talking about and that clues Lee into what's going on. Uh-huh. So Lee then decides you know what I'm taking the fall completely. She's like, she basically confesses to it, the murders over the phone and it's shot very well in this part because you mm-hmm. see Lee in on the the prison telephone. And then you see Cell in like a very close up shot talking on the phone and she's clearly at her aunt's house. Right, but. As the scene goes on, and and well, as soon as Lee is clued in, it, the, the camera kind of it, it shifts like, it over, shifts and over, and zooms out, and you see all the police in the background tapping the wires and recording yep. and stuff. Yep, um, because and again, this really happened. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Moore actually went, you know, they she went to the police and for amnesty in the entire right 
in the entire case did agreed to try to get Lee to confess. Right. And so, of course, we get a scene, uh, the, the end scene, very, very brief, of, you know, Lee is at trial. Uh-huh. Most of it's shot, I think, during uh, during a Lee voiceover. Yeah. Or, yeah. And uh, we find that, of course, Lee is found guilty and sentenced to, sentenced to death row. Right. And that's where the movie ends. Um, we Yeah, we get that little postscript that tells us that 12 years after her conviction, uh, Eileen was was executed. Yep. And I was reading on IMDb, and this is considered a goof. I was going to mention this yeah, because yeah. it's such bullshit. Yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's not 12 years. It's 11 years and 9 months. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's yep. like, Oops, you pedantic goof. fucks. Yep. <laughs> and there's a, like, most of the, uh, I was looking through the goofs of the of this movie out of curiosity on uh-huh. IMDb, and, like, half of them are all based off of, like, Oh, that model of car didn't exist in this time yeah, period. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> people. I guess it's just it's a popular movie. They gotta nitpick something. Yeah, but whatever. I always like it when they're when they're like, oh, this type of handgun can actually shoot this many times, and it was only shot this many times. Uh huh. Yeah, like, <laughs> she could actually have shot nine times. Yeah, it's like oh, six. It's okay. Maybe she just didn't shoot three more <laughs> times, dude. Chill. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was Monster. Um, yep. Check it out, and yep. uh, we're gonna go ahead and jump on over to the crunch here. We should, so. We're gonna do something. Yep. I'm Mr. Bucket, the boss of the my mouth. I'm Mr. Bucket, I'm all is what I'm about. I'm Mr. Bucket, we're all gonna run. I'm Mr. Bucket. <laughs> <laughs>